You're listening to episode 49 of the Broken Glass Podcast, Building an Independent Artist Career with Emily Gabriel. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Just wanted to jump in real quick before we get into today's episode of the podcast with Emily Gabriel. You might notice a few sound issues here or there. It's just related to the internet and the connection, but I promise that it doesn't detract from the message or really from anything that we're saying. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up in case you notice that, and here's today's episode. Welcome back to the Broken Glass Podcast. Today I have Emily Gabriel with me. She, commonly known as EG, uh, she is a New York City-based singer-songwriter, and welcome to the podcast, Emily. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to, to have you on and to chat with you. Um, you know, a little, little bit of a, a note for those listening. We both are from New Jersey, so <laughs> we've had a... Eight. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had, you know, a little bit of connection there. Um, but let's just kind of dive right in and just what, tell us a little bit about what you're doing, you know, in your music career and what you're doing right now. And we'll, we'll go, go from there. Sure. Yeah. So let's start with the low hanging fruit that is New Jersey, where we are both from. I am currently in New Jersey, even though I don't live here as of late. Um, reason being, I am sheltering in place because of the pandemic that is going on right now as we record this, which is uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, the Rona, you know, there's a lot of different uh, names for it. But at any rate, um, so I'm over here in the burbs of Jersey where I grew up, staying with some family and, um, you know, trying to still be very mindful of the ebb and flow of creativity that comes and goes on a daily basis. Um, I'm fortunate enough, I still have, I still am employed by my day job, which um, again, I can't emphasize enough, I feel very fortunate to have, and then still just trying to create. And to be honest, I've been um, on a a slew of podcasts and this is um, three of three in the past week. So I'm, I'm super, I'm feeling like, if nothing else, quarantine has brought me more podcasts in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, I think it's brought all of us together digitally. Um, you know, I've I've watched more live streams and YouTube shows than I think I pretty much ever have. <laughs> yeah, and, and totally. connected with more people because everybody's online, and you know, there's really you know you can't really go out to meet people. You can't go to shows, you can't go network. So this is kind of where it is. And then just connecting with people, you know, it, it may not seem as organic, but in some ways it does feel organic. You know, you kind of come across somebody's Instagram page and you know, there they are. Totally. So yeah. 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 I love it. I love that you bring that up. It, it feels like now more than ever, um, that people are checking in with a genuine sense of care because it's the first time 
at least that I've experienced where everyone is quite literally going through the, uh, the same thing. I use the word same loosely, but a very similar sentiment. Everyone's going through challenges. And I think that inherently as humans, pandemic or not, we're all going through some level or some, some stressors that it, that, that affects our personal stress level. And it's easy for others. Everyone's stressors are different. So it's easy for me to look at someone that is stressed about, say, I own a car, but say I don't own a car and someone is stressed about their car. Then I'm like, ah, oh, that's not a big deal. Do you know what it's like to be stressed out about a broken oven? Again, I'm making this up. But the point being that sometimes it's hard to relate to those individual stressors because you have never been affected by them. Whereas in this instance, everyone is kind of affected by the stressor that is the pandemic. I don't know, you know, I'm no expert by any means uh, about human psychology or how we work, but those are, are my humble thoughts in this instance. Anyway, I'm sorry we're spending so much time talking about this silly <laughs> pandemic. Oh, it's not silly. About this pandemic. Let's move on to something, something else. Something, uh, something yeah. you, you choose the next topic. <laughs> I'd just love to kind of chat about your, your music career and, you know, and, and where you've gone with that, how you really, how you got into, into music, you know, and, and built up your career in, into releasing, you just released a, a single uh, called Monday. So I'd love to kind of, that whole kind of journey that you've gone through. Yeah, totally. I'm happy to uh, talk about that. And thanks for asking and for recognizing that recently really single. Actually, today um, is a day short of exactly a month ago, I released the single Monday. And I am super humbled and proud to say that I have about 4,800 streams right now on Spotify. Um, and indicative of success, but that is a metric that I am super proud of because to me, it represents that I have a bit of traction behind the song and I'm very proud to um, be to state that and, and be in that in that space uh, to speak to a little bit about my musical journey and uh quote-unquote career i started out when i was i mean i started loving music as soon as i kind of knew what music was i grew up in a very musical household both my parents were big into music um i would arguably say my father raised me on rock and roll i remember distinctly you know, in his car and him blasting anything from Led Zeppelin to Cheap Trick to the Eagles to ACDC. Um, and then he, every uh, every Valentine's Day, actually, he would gift me a, a CD. And I distinctly remember him making it a point to give me the best of the, the Grammys um, collection. So that was, and he would buy me all the Now CDs. So, um, you know, definitely was was uh, heavily influenced by my parents and my upbringing. And then from there, I, I wound up being formally taught the saxophone through my school system, that those great NJ public schools, shout out to them because they <laughs> truly are fantastic. Thank you all educators, you are wonderful. We admire you and appreciate you a lot. Um, I digress. And I learned the saxophone and then from there, I would also join some choirs within the school system. And I think that that is probably one of the best decisions I've made in my life because I truly think that that helped to, I'll say, train my ear to hear a harmony. You know, maybe you can hear it in my voice. I'm no soprano, one or two. I'm definitely on the lower range, especially for a female. So I have a deeper voice. Um, so I was always singing the harmony 
the lower harmony part as opposed to the more melodic phrase, um, more melodic phrase. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where I guess my entryway. And then, you know, as time went on, I, I wound up no longer playing the saxophone or singing in choirs within the school system, but I still loved music and was definitely seeking out the, the new, the new music that was coming out um, and picked up the guitar was self-taught with the help of the internet. And I started writing songs because I guess I could say that's how I see the world. Some people say they see the world in numbers. Some people see the world through maybe a more cinematic lens. They like to write scripts, read scripts, etc. cetera. Um, I really see, see and hear the world and process the world and my feelings in the vein of, of writing and particularly in songwriting. So I think the guitar is more or less just a vessel for me to use to be expressive of how I perceive the world. Whew. All right. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's awesome that your parents really supported your, your love for music, um, you know, by buying you music and really kind of infusing that in your life. And I mean, I agree with you on the, the school system thing too. I mean, you know, I went through, most most of the public school system i started we moved to new jersey when i was in second grade but my my music education really took you know really took effect in i think it was fifth grade so you know they had great uh music educators and you know great system like i we never you know struggled with funding for it and you know i think that's you know it, it made us all a lot stronger you know people and, and, um, you know, especially through things like marching band and, and that you really get to that sense of community and leadership and teamwork. Right. So I think, I think, you know, having that kind of background is just, is awesome, especially for, you know, I mean, for anybody really, but, you know, especially for those of us continuing on with our careers. Um, so tell me, uh, you know, you, you talked a little bit about your lease Monday, um, about a month ago, what was that process like for you? You know, I mean, even from like the recording and, and production of it through to the release and, and, and how did you, you know, did you do that all on your own? Was it independent or did you have support from, from a label or from, you know, any kind of management company? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, and it's something that is so relevant to ask today because we are in the, the DIY era, right? You can, you know, get a mic or not, use your computer mic, record in a dog right on your computer. And next thing you know, you got a song kind of thing. Uh, so Monday in particular was the first song that I wrote in entirety after I released my project special delivery in January of 2019. And um, I it's funny, I've, I've talked about this a little bit in, in the uh, press snippets that I've got around Monday, but my best friend and my songwriting partner, Greg Allen, said, I played it for, I played Monday for him, and he said to me, that's all, he shook his head, and he's like, that's always how it happens. You always write a, a catchy song after you release a big project, and, um, you know, that obviously really, really stuck with me because I, I have, as a matter of fact, even I'm telling it just because it was such a pivotal moment in my mind. I was like, yeah, like I really like this song and I think it has some uh, more or less pop appeal, a bit of a daily to it. So that was kind of how it was birthed as an idea. Um, and from there, I 
kind of, I, I performed it live and I'm so fortunate that I have connected with some incredibly talented musicians um, in the New York area scene. And I brought it to them when we were practicing. Um, it's Mike Burnaby, Cam Seidel, Zach Nantau and Corey Schwab. Um, shout out to them. They are awesome guys. And we, I brought it to them in the studio. We were rehearsing and they helped me kind of like flesh it out in entirely, in entirety rather, sorry. And uh, I wanted to make sure I found the right producer for it. So I wound up connecting with this, with this woman named Shayna. That's S-H-A-Y-N-A. Shayna and she um her and I kind of just hit it off and it was on my to-do list for the year 2019 to work with a, a a badass female producer and we wound up working something out where we could work together remotely at the time she was actually based in your neck of the woods Los Angeles city of angels um and was in transit moving to another musical city which is Nashville and um I sent her over uh, a live recording of me and the guys playing it in, in rehearsal and sent her over the chord charts and the BPM and all the lyrics and everything. And, and we were able to work remotely for um, together and bounce stems back and forth. And then honestly, she was so hands-on and I, I can't give her enough praise for what she did with this song. I went to JC Studios, which is where I, I rehearse and it's in Jersey City right off the grocery pass stop. So really easy to get to from Manhattan. And um, I was in there and I tracked vocals with um, with John O and, and Uncle Jay. They were the, the engineers that helped lay them down. And Shayna FaceTimed in the entire time. I'm talking like I think my phone bill that month, because I wasn't connected to Wi-Fi, silly me, was the largest it's ever been because I used uh, I used the network to FaceTime Shayna for probably two and a half hours, maybe three, just doing vocal passes and her just coaching me via FaceTime. Um, so it was it was kind of as in person. Uh, being together alone as as much as it could be short of being being physically in person with someone so um yeah that's how that's how that happened so all that to say there was no help from a label or or a management or anything um these are just connections that that i've been so fortunate to make just really meeting some great people um from the musicians to the mixing engineers to the producers to you know my my best friend and 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 songwriting buddy Greg so yeah yeah and that's kind of interesting that you, all that happened before we started going to isolation and quarantine and you know kind of I guess gave you a little bit of a taste of this is what you know maybe this is going to be like you know doing these sessions remotely yeah right? like, yeah totally it's, yeah it's you know we're in an era right now where you know everyone's had to shift online and and you know, teach online. And so that's interesting that, you know, you, you did that, but, um, that sounds great. And, you know, it, it's, I think everybody's journey is different. And, but a lot of people that I've talked to lately have been going down this journey of just, you know, I want to do it all myself and I'm just going to kind of hire in the people, um, you know, who maybe it's not my specialty. So, or I just want a little bit extra help with production or recording or, you know, even like vocal lessons or, you know, something like that, just to make sure that, you know, it kind of fits your vision, right? You, you exactly. still have total control, but right. you know, you, you just get that extra help here or there. Um, 
So kind of, okay, so you, you recorded, you, you produced it all, and then going forward, kind of what did your, your release of it look like and, and the marketing? Because that just came out like a week, or sorry, a week, uh, a month ago. Um, so we were in, in this, you know, where you obviously can't do like a show to, to promote it or anything like that. So what did that marketing behind it look like for you? Yeah, I, again, excellent question. And um, if I'm being completely honest, it was almost as a result of the pandemic that Monday was released when it was released. Let me be very explicit with what I mean by that. So I had finished Monday in August of 2019 and I gigged all around New York and the surrounding area in 2019 and, and into the beginning of 2020. Um, and every time I played that song live, people sang along, people danced, people were excited. You felt the energy. Everyone was so excited to hear Monday. So to me, I was almost like quite, quite frankly, a little, I don't want to say nervous, but hesitant, um, on how to best release it. You know, I did have the thought, Hey, maybe I should do a Monday release show. And, you know, it's low hanging fruit, not to use the phrase again, but it is because Monday is a day of the week. So you can play off of that. I can plan the release show on a Monday. I could, you know, there's a lot of, of possibilities um, surrounding that inherently with the name of the song. So then quarantine came, the pandemic came. I left New York along with uh, droves of people. And I was like, you know what? I have this song recorded. Um, and to be honest, I think that the the hook, which the lyric is, shameless self-lyrical plug, do you remember Monday? Do you remember Monday? Wasn't that long ago. So um, I think it's a little bit relevant to the sentiment of what day is it that a lot of us are currently feeling. And, and we feel pretty consistently throughout life, you know, humans... Um, are constantly grappling with the concept of time in general, but especially when there's not much variance in your day-to-day, -day, also known as waking up, not being able to really leave your environment, not being able to socialize too much, what we're going through now. So I thought, you know, it, it seems like a very opportune time to, to put the song out. And I had it. I had it completely done. I, I'd had it done for for months um, so from there, it was just a matter of putting some more assets together, namely the album artwork. Um, and I, I'm, I, again, I can't stress enough how fortunate I've been, but I, I connected with this, actually, he's a, he's a family friend. His name is Constantine, um, and he is a very talented uh, photographer and filmmaker. And he, he and I just wound up doing like a, a random portrait shoot uh and i and i had a lot of great photos from that so the the album artwork is actually from that that photo shoot that we did and um i was able to you know do a little bit of a of a, of a graphic overlay on the photo came with the album artwork from there um you know i use the digital distributor for those of you who don't know in order to get your content on a streaming platform like a spotify an apple music a google uh an amazon any sort of streaming service you have to go through what's called a digital distributor if you're independent if you have a label the label will typically help you with that distribution um and 
I put it through a digital distributor. It got approved and it went out onto platforms. Now all of the all of the press and and any additional um, assists that I've gotten with playlist play, placements, I want to be very transparent. That is of some of my own efforts, but not all of them. I want to give a huge shout out to IF Publicity. They've been super helpful to me. Um, they're a publicity company that has a, a menu of services. Um, Amelia Lane has been incredible and she's really helped me, you know, see the the vision of, of having Monday become a widespread listen to song to life. So thank you to them. Yeah, I was actually just pulling that up on Spotify. So I'll make sure to to link to that. Um, look at the album artwork too. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, you know, like I said earlier too, about, you know, kind of bringing in the people who, you know, maybe it's not exactly your skill or, you know, you, especially with publicity companies and management companies, they know they have the connections, right? So you can, I was actually talking to someone the other day and it's like, you know, I could send out 50 emails and get maybe two responses. They can send out 50 emails and they get 50 responses because they have those connections and, and know people. Absolutely. And, um, yep. you know, I talk a lot about being a music promoter music printer. So really thinking of your music career as a business. And that's yeah. a very smart business decision is, you know, I'm going to focus on my music and on, you know, the art and the look of it. And then I'm going to leave that portion for someone who really understands that side of the business and has those connections, can make those calls, send those emails and help me out. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, that's, that's fantastically put. And I, that's a, that's a great word, uh, musicpreneur. And um, speaking to the idea of being an entrepreneur and a music creator, I think that one important facet of business is knowing when to do something on your own and knowing when to outsource it. And, you know, you, you kind of have this, this, um, maybe visual in your mind where you're like, okay, it will take me, I'm making this up 10 hours to send out 50 emails, meaningful, well thought out, targeted emails to playlisters. And um, I can do that. And my chances of getting a response because I don't have a pre-existing relationship is uh, one to 50. Okay. Or I can spend, let's call it an hour, maybe two speaking with a publicity agent or someone that is well connected with playlisters i can give them all of my socials and the song and what my goals are etc and they can do that outreach for me and they're going to send out we'll call it the same 50 outreaches and even if they get 40 responses it's more than it's more than what you would have gotten and it's a less um lesser of a time investment so you kind of are always being a music you're kind of always weighing out those opportunity costs and, and assessing what what is the best usage of my time and what can be outsourced and and then kind of evaluating you know it's it's might be odd or feel a little uncomfortable to to say or to assess it in this light but what is the the dollar value that you associate with your with your own personal hourly rate um, and you can get super granular and, and break it down uh, very logically and mathematically and I haven't done that. Maybe I have, but uh, anyway, that's um, it's something to really kind of, as long as you're mindful of it and constantly assessing how you're spending your time and where it can be best spent, then you're on the right track. Yeah. That kind of brings up uh, two things. Um, the first is knowing your worth, which is something that I've been really focusing on the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, knowing what your time is worth knowing, you know, okay, 
you know, my time, this amount of time, 10 hours that I'm going to be spending on looking for these playlists, sending out these emails, crafting everything is worth this much. I'm going to hire somebody. So really knowing how much your time is worth and what can you get back? And especially for, for artists like you, you're working full time, right? You know, you have your full-time job and you're doing your music career. So you don't necessarily have, you know, you're short 40 hours a week right. <laughs> whereas, to focus on music. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, you have 40 hours a week where you're focusing on something totally different. So right. for artists, you know, where, where you're working, even if you're working, you know, even a part-time job, that's still time that you, you know, don't have to focus on your career and your, your music career. And right. I think that's, um, that's very important to just kind of weigh those options too. So, kind of going down that path a little bit, you work full time and then you manage your music career. What's that like for you, you know, as far as making that time, you know, how do you, how do you really, do you structure your day a certain way or, you know, how do you you plan that out? Because I mean, I know for me too, I work full time and then I do the podcast and other things and I really have to structure it. So what, what's that like for you? Yeah, that is, um, a topic worth a discussion of more than we have right now. And, and we'll have to offline about our own, uh, our own tips and tricks. But I think one, the one word that comes to the forefront of my mind is probably establishing boundaries in a routine, right? So um, I know some people may think this term is uh, synonymous with psychotic, but I am a morning person. I love to get up early and start my day. I have to be honest, I try to remain active and do some sort of physical workout, and I typically do it in the morning. And then from there, I spend the um, probably an hour or so of, of, my, of my morning time dedicated to some lot of times I like to write in the morning, whether it's writing a song that I'm currently working on, starts of a new song, or just free writing, and then that could be something I could revisit for like lyrical gems and such. Um, or it could be something like reading an article that's relevant about the latest happenings with ASCAP or BMI or whatever have you. Um, so that's how I spend my morning time. Then, you know, from the hours of nine to five, I'm pretty locked in with with working hard at my at my day job and um, you know, being very, very diligent in my productivity during the work working hours. After that, um, I do try to schedule when when it is um, business as usual or the normal that we once knew uh, pre COVID nineteen. I would try and schedule probably something music related after work nearly every weekday. Probably four out of the five. Uh, weeknights and that could be something from going to a friend show to having a co-write to having a phone conversation with uh, another musical folk be it a producer a songwriting friend uh, a friend that's interested in music um, you know you you name it or working on working on a song that I've already started or or organizing something you know there's just there the the opportunities are endless on, on what you can work on. So, you know, trying to kind of bookend my day with something that I'm super passionate about, which is my music and, and the, all of the efforts that go into making it a viable, we'll say, you know, brand at the end of the day or product at the end of the day um, is how I kind of structure it. So um, it ta- to, to be 
quite honest, I guess it, and in, in speaking this all out, I guess it kind of takes a, a pretty, um, it takes a level of, of discipline to, to make sure that you can kind of feed both, feed both positions, your day job and your musician, music preneurship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it, you know, you have to really, like you said, structure your day. Right. And you know, for me, I'm, I'm not the biggest morning person, but I also start work my full-time job pretty early. I started at 8am. Um, okay. So for me, it's, it's a little too early for me to be able to get up, but I do try to listen to podcasts in the morning and whether that's news or even just music news, you know, just finding something to get, get myself going. And then after work is when the podcast happens and, and everything else really takes right. place. But it's just, you know, whether you do calendar blocking or you use something like a productivity planner or something, just really, you know, making sure you're very focused, especially since you want it to be your career. You know, that's, right. that's what you want to build up. And it's important to really, you know, focus and stay, stay right on with that, you know, and, and you know, keep, keep to your normal schedule. Because when you deviate, that's when I find like I get lazy and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'll just go sit right. on the bed and read a you know, a fiction book or, you know, right. Hey, <laughs> fiction books are okay. Yeah, it's okay. They are. Yeah. I'm, I'm deep in, I'm deep in the Outlander series right now. So. Oh, incredible. Incredible. Yeah. It's thousand page books. So uh. that's, that's a healthy place to go. Don't yeah. no No shade well, to that, but I hear you though. right now. A- oh, yeah. Oh, so do you, you know, you have your, your full-time job and you work in music career. Do you also make sure that you kind of put time in for, for self-care too? Like, you know, and yeah. you did say you work out in the mornings and try to get some yeah. kind of movement, but cause I think that's so important too. That's part of it. You got to take care of yourself to be able to manage both. Absolutely. You know what the, I, I'm glad that you bring that up because now more than ever, it's so important to pay attention to your mental health and how you're feeling at any given day, moment, minute, second, whatever, because if you are not tending to yourself and your well being physically and mentally to give to so in order for me to be productive at my day job for me to be a a good friend to be uh, a a songwriter to put any thought or energy behind any sort of business I need to make sure and we as a collective need to make sure that we tend to ourselves so that morning time really is kind of a very um pivotal part of my day. It sets me up for personally for, for a, a successful, hopefully successful and, and focused day. And um, I think that that is probably that morning routine of trying to wake up and, and do some sort of physical activity and, and having some level of mindfulness. Um, I mean, to get super into it, like I really like waking up and lighting a candle and just like rolling onto a yoga mat, sitting on the floor and just thinking and sometimes writing and just having a moment to myself. Um, that's really, really important to me. And I'm a big coffee drinker. So drinking coffee is almost, me too. You know, I like, <laughs> I like the taste and the effects, but the ritual of it is probably what's got me hooked. Um, it feels like a, a very like me, you moment, Zen, you're with yourself, mm-hmm. you're enjoying um, a warm or, or iced beverage. I prefer mine hot. Uh, but anyway, so I think that that's kind of how I, I tend to myself and my self-care. And, and also, 
I think that connecting with people and, and supporting other artists and creatives and businesses, creatives, so other businesses and, and creative minds and motivated minds, that to me is also fulfilling because I can, I can deeply empathize with someone that is trying to create something, be it a business, a song, a film, a festival, whatever. And, and that, that, actually brings me joy as well so that's a that's a form of of self-care but again circling back to making sure that I am that my cup is full of energy and and graciousness so that I can in turn give that to others and, and I think that morning ritual is a big plays a big role in, in setting myself up for a successful day yeah and I think connecting with people is super important um you know, for everybody, really. I mean, I know for me, I'm a, I'm a complete introvert. So at first when this all came, what? you know, yeah, when this all happened, no. I was like, yes, I can just stay at home. But now I'm like, no, I miss, I miss going out to shows. I miss making those connections with people, going to networking events, talking to other musicians, be, you know, female or male, or, you know, just having those in-person connections and, and really fueling that that love of music and that desire you know to be in the industry um and that actually kind of kind of brings up my next topic on the podcast um i highlight women and their stories and and how they got to where they are but i also talk about to kind of the tough parts of it which you know struggling to get in the industry or even dealing with you know resistance as as a female musician and i'm just curious have you ever come across that in your music career? Um, and if you have, how did you overcome that resistance? That is interesting. So I think that every individual has a unique story that they can share about their own struggles, irrespective of your gender or sex or whatever you identify as or with. Um, I can say that I have had my own set of challenges, be they external or internal. I do not know if they're necessarily as a result of being a woman or female. Um, but I, I can say that as, as an artist, you constantly are, um, observing and are in a way you're very sensitive it's it's really just kind of what what fuels the art is is you're you're sensitive and and what you're sensitive to and how you how you perceive things um kind of is indicative of maybe perhaps like what facet you're you're most sensitive to it's i don't know if these words are doing it any justice but at any rate i i think that um that that in its in and of itself presents its own set of internal struggles for for artists themselves because you're constantly you know riddled with a, a sense of I I, I don't want to say fear but anxiety or, or worry like I am you know is someone gonna like this song is someone gonna like my play is someone gonna like my my business idea is someone going to like this shirt I designed. You're, you're constantly mm -hmm. wondering that because you're seeking that validation. Um, and I think that, that when you are wired to think like that, it's something that is, it's a uh, harm It's like the best and worst thing about you. Your, your fatal flaw, if you will, um, in to draw from another artistic example in um, Shakespeare's Othello, Othello's, 
fatal flaw is his hubris, his pride, because the best and worst thing about him, it makes him this valiant fighter. And then ultimately, spoiler alert, ends up being uh, to his detriment. So at any rate, um, have I had any struggles specifically because I am a woman in the music industry? Nothing that I can relate and correlate directly to my being a woman. You know, that's the best I got. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been very fortunate too, where I haven't, I've had a lot of great male supporters in my, in my career. And right. I, my struggles really have been getting into the industry, getting that foot in the door, which I think right. everyone really experiences, but you know, it's just interesting. Cause you know, there's some people, like I talked to someone last night who just said, you know, I've had people walk up to me and say, Hey, who, you know, who, who's the bass player? You know, right. whose, whose equipment is that? And she's like, what's well, right. Fine. You know, so right. it's just interesting to, to see. And it, sometimes it depends on where you are in the country, what genre you're in, where, you know, but like, like you, you know, some of us, you know, me very fortunate to, to not have had those kinds of, yeah, you know, yeah. obstacles and, and resistance. Sure. And you know what, the thing is, I, I don't want to, I don't want to fail to mention that there, that there may be some pre-existing and they're quite frankly, have been pre-existing mm-hmm. prejudice that I've been faced up against. And, and whether I, ch- I choose to acknowledge that that's because I'm a woman or, or just to be like, okay, like that's just, that just exists. I right. think that may have to do more with perhaps my, my want um, to, to perceive it as such. Um, I, I will say I have been in rooms virtual or physical where it is predominantly male and men and I would you know I definitely deduce that there is some sort of sentiment about me about me being one of the only females women in the room virtual or physical and I just I mean, it's a, it's a challenge sometimes and I don't always appreciate, I think the biggest thing is maybe how I've been talked to. I really don't appreciate Mm -hmm. someone that doesn't um, give everyone the same level of respect. But to me, if someone, if someone's a, a, a man and talking to me differently because I'm a woman, that to me doesn't tell me that, that it's something against a me personally or B because I'm a woman that just tells me that their character does not treat everyone with respect. So I'm just, I, I, I think I quickly assign that in my mind that that person <laughs> has something to work through. Um, and it has nothing to do with me yeah. or being a woman. <laughs> no, that, that is a great mindset to have. And there's a, there's a quote by Jen Sincero. Um, I love her book. You are badass. Oh yeah. Um, there, there is something where it's, you know, it basically, you know, what, what other people think about you is, is on them, you know, it's, right. you know, it's, it's not, it's not you, it's, it's their, you yeah. know, their mindset where they're at and it has nothing to do with you. And, you know, it goes into, you know, where you were talking about a little bit, you know, kind of more of the limiting beliefs that we have on ourselves and our own imposter syndromes and, and really kind of right. getting out of your, your own head and just, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. So no, that's, that's a great, and I, I just love how you're just kind of like, well, you know, it, that's them and I'm just going right. to do what I'm doing. That that's awesome to hear. Um, right. yeah. So wrapping up a little bit here, um, 
you know, you released your single, we're still at home. <laughs> um, do you have anything else on the horizon? Do you have more, more music that you're working on that you're, you know, going to look forward to releasing soon? Oh, hell yeah. You know it. So, um, <laughs> uh, I just had a, speaking of, you are a badass. First of all, Christy, you are a badass for, for having me as a guest. So thank you so much to you and to Broken Glass Podcast for having me as a guest. Um, it's welcome. been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, I love that you called that book to mind because that is something that I've read and revisited. Um, it's a great read. And uh, closely in that vein, I have something on the horizon that I think by the time that this podcast will be released, I should have already released what I'm about to talk about. And that is a cover by another badass woman named Alanis Morissette. So um, that that is uh, my next project. I have, again, I had worked on recording that in a studio actually at Hive Mind Recordings in Brooklyn with the producer, um, Billy the Kid. He is awesome. Check out his label. It's uh, Dala Records. That's D-A-L-A Records. Um, he actually recorded and produced the song, maybe songs that I will release in the future that is now being May 12th, but will probably be in the past, dependent on when this podcast is being released. Um, I love Alanis Morissette. I saw Jagged Little Pill on Broadway. I see that there's a resurgence from her personally, and she was tentatively supposed to do some touring efforts. Um, and I just, I, I love her music. Jag Little Pill is, is, a, is an iconic record in the landscape of music and is certainly a, I, an iconic and resonant record for me personally. Uh, I love her style. I love her career. I love her songwriting style. I love that. Um, I think that for me, my my voice is not a classically trained, I'm, I'm no Adele, I'm no Christina Aguilera, I'm no Aretha Whitney. I'm not one of those great voices, but I have a voice that is, um, that is, uh, has the ability to, to sing um, and have my own unique sound. And I, I'm not by any means comparing myself to the level of talent that Alanis Morissette has. But hear me out and I'm saying that her voice is very unique to her and it's mm -hmm. great in its own right. She can sing, she has uh, in singing capabilities of pitch and tone and, you know, doing. Um, so I, I really am excited to, to release those. And then something interesting I wanna to touch on, um, if we have another moment, do we have yeah. another moment? Yeah, we do. Okay, awesome. Um, is I had a, an interesting conversation with with one of my one of my friends and and fellow female music maker um, earlier today, and we were talking about the idea of releasing new music during the time of quarantine, and how people maybe one of the hypotheses that she had or hypotheses that she had mentioned was people that music new music that's being released now even by you know the billboard top 40 top 100 um artists is is not really even being that well received right now and and the thought behind that is perhaps a people are out of routine so when they typically would carve out time to listen to music they're not really listening to music which seems counterintuitive because it seems like all we have on our hands it's these time. days is yeah. time 
but I, you know, kind of circle back to uh, and digress to my former statement of humans and us trying to understand time. It really, we think we understand it, but like, really, do we? A whole, you know, that's a horse of a different color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but um, we we were talking about about that, and then the the other thought uh, closely in tandem with that is people use music to kind of um, put these these markers in time they associate it with memory so I bet you right mm -hmm. now that if I were to say hey like what song were you listening to um, on your way to prom or what song was big during prom or what song did you listen to after your first heartbreak or what song did you listen to when you you know graduated high school or when you were with your siblings growing up or with your parents or whomever you know you could you could think of those songs and those songs elicit these points in time and no one wants to really put a time stamp and time <laughs> staker yep. into quarantine <laughs> no one wants to listen to a song that new justin bieber song and be like oh yeah like this reminds me of quarantine because when that song comes on in the future no it's like next i don't want to think of that you know i'm i'm yeah. again this is a this is a <laughs> that that um, is a great point <laughs> yeah i i can't i cannot take full credit for it like i said it was a it was a conversation i had with um with a fellow music maker her, her name's uh summer Bingham and she's um fantastic she's another she's based out of out of New York as well anyway so that was a conversation we were having and um I was like you know what but I have to say Monday is doing it's doing relatively well for me and she's like oh it was, it was in the beginning of of the of the curve and I don't disagree with her and like I said uh, mm -hmm. earlier it does kind of have a bit of a quarantine relevance like do you remember Monday like what day is it kind of thing um yeah, I, I was just gonna say the topic too can be because right. um, right. I haven't listened to it yet. But someone mentioned the other day the new Fiona Apple album, and is all about you know that isolation and, and all that, and you know that speaks to people. Whereas right. like some kind of party track, you know, right. let's go out and get you know to a show or let's gather. That's right. not gonna resonate with people. So I think it's very. Exactly. It, it just depends on the topic. And I think some artists have pushed their, yeah. their releases because yeah. the topic's not there. Right. And it's, people don't want to think about that right now. Yeah. And, and to, and to that point to kind of come full circle and, and wrap it all up in a nice bow. Um, but what can potentially do well, which ties into my future release with the Atlantis cover is covers because covers are reimagining a song that already exists, AKA a moment in time that you already have associated with that song. If I talk about the, the, any track from Jagged Little Pill, I'm thinking about when I first got that CD and was listening mm -hmm. and sitting with my Walkman on my bedroom floor, running that CD. And that is the memory I'm going to have associated with it. Um, likewise, another good friend of mine and, uh, fellow female badass songwriter musical artist is Mela um, M-E-L-A and she just released a cover song which is a fantastic interpretation of um, She's So High. She's so high. Yeah. Yeah. Tal, Tal yeah. Bachman? Is that who that was? I think? Um, I would have to fact check that see. but sounds right. <laughs> but <laughs> But yeah, so so just like saying how how that to me, you know, I, I remember watching VH1 um, countdown every Saturday morning and then that being on it. So that mm -hmm. I already go there. I'm not thinking about associating this with the right. future, 
you know, and, and pressing that next button. Again, just just yeah. a, just a theory. We'll see how everything turns out. Well, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I pulled up a 90s playlist. So that's what I was listening to rather, rather than like, you know, music from now. It was like, let me go back. And, you know, then, like you said, then I associated with, you know, everything from growing up. So yeah, 90s yeah. are yeah. in. 90s yeah. are the new now. <laughs> yeah, and that that song is Tal Bachman. I was I was right. So all right, thank goodness you I know think, because I think I knew. I think that's who it was. Clap for you. Great yeah. job. <laughs> all right, and uh, one last question before we go here: Where can my listeners find and connect with you? Find your music. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Of course. Um, so again, I'm Emily Gabriel, AKA EG call that to mind because if you want to find me on Instagram, you're going to go to at EG music NYC. That is my Instagram handle. Uh, if you want to find me on any streaming platform, Spotify, Apple music, you're going to type in my full name, Emily Gabriel. That last name is uh, G A B R I E L E end of it that ELE is a little palindrome so don't forget those book ending E's um, and if you want to find me on Twitter I am on there and it's at Emily Gabriel so those are kind of the socials uh, my website's www.egmusicnyc.com you can find all my socials hyperlink there because you know I have that as a footer in my website um, and I'll keep you updated with any up and coming shows or virtual uh, participa participations that I will be involved with. Um, that's me, Emily Gabriel, aka EG, at EG Music NYC on Instagram is probably the best place to find me. If you DM me, I will answer you. There's a 99% chance that I will answer you. So if you want to talk, that's how to reach me. Christy, thank you so much. I know that you had a long day and this made it even longer but i am so appreciative of this opportunity oh you're welcome no this i love doing this stuff so it's uh makes my day really <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on we'll link to all of those in the show notes that way everybody can find you and i you know stay safe and uh we'll we'll get through this alone together <laughs> <laughs> alone together together alone yep <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you so much you're welcome thank you for listening to the broken glass podcast if you like the show and want to know more visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com subscribe to the podcast and don't forget to leave a review join me each week to hear new stories learn all about the tools and resources available to you and get tips for building a career in music if you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.